Hi, I'm Darren Steele. I'm a writer, a transformational coach, and this is Think Queerly, a humane thought leadership podcast for change makers and queer thinking creatives. Now on the show, I share my philosophy of human heartedness, inspired by my ongoing study of the Tao Te Ching. Human heartedness is a way of being in integrity that improves open-mindedness, reduces contention, increases kindness, compassion, and understanding for the common good. And to put these values into practice, I offer insights and strategies based on neuroscience that you can become more skillful in all areas of life and enjoy more peace of mind, freedom, and happiness. All right, before we get started with today's episode, I want to share something that I'm very excited about with you. It's called Think Extra Queerly. So we've got Think Queerly as a publication on Medium, the Think Queerly podcast. And now I'm just going super queer. (laughs) Think Extra Queerly is humane thought, leadership, and self-mastery put into practice. So this is my premium members-only podcast edition for the same audience, for you, the thought leaders, the change makers, and the queer creatives. I want to help you go to the next level. So first of all, there will be an Ask Me Anything area. So It's literally if you've been on different places where you can ask a question and people can upvote the question, meaning they think this is a great question, they wish they had asked it, that sort of a system. I'm going to be responding on a monthly basis in detail to those kinds of questions as a members-only episode. And we're going to try and keep it specific to the content that I'm sharing, but it could be something related to LGBTQ issues, thought leadership, or self-mastery from a transformational coaching perspective. I'm going to be, in the future, offering my personal evolution processes that I create pretty much one a month over the last while as a members-only feature. So you will get access to the training episode, the video training, the uh, PDF worksheet that you can download, and I will also be offering a monthly personal evolution live Zoom with me so that you can get even more refinement and alignment with the process. One of the challenges with doing the personal evolution processes on your own is that it is very demanding. You do have to think through how to answer these questions. But if you're stuck, if you're not sure what the question is asking of you, this is the way in which you can really make these processes work for you so you can get those aha moments, so you can get that clarity and focus and create the strategy to keep on the direction that you want to go forward on. And that's basically it. Um, I don't want to say too much more about that other than you will find that information, that link to learn more about the different uh, membership tiers or plans in the show notes. So go check it out. There is no obligation. Um, If you decide to become a member, there are a couple of options where you can try it entirely free for 30 days and you can cancel before your uh, credit card or your Apple Pay is charged. You can cancel the membership at any time 
and there will be otherwise no changes to the Think Queerly podcast. I will still be publishing on a weekly basis. So let's get into today's issue then, shall we? Thoughts on the issues to consider for leaving Facebook. So I published a post um, earlier this week on Think Queerly on Medium, and they were just sort of some stream of consciousness thoughts in response to something that a really good friend of mine had uh, posted on their Facebook feed, wondering if they should leave Facebook. So I want to talk a little bit about what I say in that article, but expand a little bit more here in the podcast with some further, more personal reflections on my observations of how I behave, how I've changed, uh, challenges I find with the various platforms, specifically and mostly Facebook and Instagram, because they are the same company. This is going to be about the benefits of staying on those planets, uh, on either of those platforms, versus compromising your personal values and possibly supporting a very harmful business model, namely Facebook and Instagram, and supporting a continuously divisive and polarizing medium that is certainly playing a part in what we're seeing uh, playing out in different parts of the world. So let me start with how this happened. So my friend wrote, and I just edit it just a little bit. It was a much longer post, but basically they said, I also f- feel out of integrity supporting a platform that is detrimental to the current and future society I want to live in. Simply by being here on Facebook, I encourage their business model and I reward their decision-making process. And from a values perspective, I feel like I should go. And then she asked for people to share their thoughts and opinions, but from a contrarian perspective. She was interested in knowing why should she basically stay? So I responded, I didn't give an entirely contrarian perspective, but I thought, you know, there are a number of really good reasons for leaving Facebook. Probably there are more good reasons for leaving Facebook than there are for staying on. And of course, we have to look at all of the different social media platforms that we may or may not use and decide when is more than one too many. Uh, What are these different platforms doing for you? Are they helping you build your business? Are they a way of keeping in contact with your bestest of friends? Um, Or is it just a distraction? Perhaps it's a healthy distraction. There's things that you enjoy, like maybe you enjoy watching funny things on TikTok or um, looking at wonderful puppy and kitten videos on Instagram. I don't know. But maybe it's also an unhealthy distraction in the sense of seeing all those comments and likes gives you a dopamine hit, you feel good, you feel accepted. Or maybe you're one of those people that is seeing things on the platforms that make you feel insecure and question your own values or beliefs. Or maybe you are completely distracted by um, some of the polarizing arguments and you find yourself getting involved, maybe more so on Twitter, and you're getting angry all the time and you're shouting at people and you're saying, I wish you were dead or whatever the case may be. So this is a situation where not only do 
we need to know what we most value, our core values, and whether or not um, those platforms are serving those values for us. But the very human behavioral aspect of how addicted are we to the platform? And then a third point, how much have these platforms become such a part of our daily lives that it's kind of like just putting on a, a shirt or a blouse or whatever it is you wear in the morning, it's become normal. And for you to go outside on a winter's day without a shirt and a jacket would be abnormal, would be, why are you doing such a thing? And to leave one of these platforms almost has that same sentiment from either ourselves or other people. There are certainly some things to be concerned about with respect to Facebook, especially with how it disseminates information. Now, in the United States, uh, media like the New York Times or the Washington Post are regulated by, I believe, aspects within the Constitution around free speech and the news and whatever those laws and rules and regulations are. Facebook and Twitter are not part of those laws and rules and regulations. That's part of what some of these big problems are. And when Facebook suddenly became the place where people were getting the majority of their news, even if it was just a news platform like The Guardian or CBC or The New York Times posting something on their uh, group or on their business page, that begs the question about when then comments and further information is being shared, when there are bad actors sharing information that is fake news, one, how is it regulated? And two, who is responsible when the information is damaging, false, blatantly lying? So that is certainly a larger argument for breaking the company apart as it exists today. And perhaps maybe there would be something called Facebook News, and then that could be regulated in a better way. I don't know. It's a big, huge problem. I sort of see from what I've read in the news that it's probably never going to happen. But it certainly demands of us as individuals to decide, should we get our news from a platform like that, or should we fact check? Whenever I see somebody sharing an article... I usually go to the source myself. So I will read in Canada, CBC News. I will also read the international edition of The Guardian. I find those to be the most reliable. There are other news platforms I read, but I will go to the source directly and Google the, or, or use the search function inside that news platform and find the article. Because I also want to make sure that it's not a bad link or a corrupt link. These are things we can do on an individual level that ascribe to our own freedoms, uh, sorry, ascribe to our own values and our own ways of acting in alignment with who we are. So if I work in the space of thought leadership and self-mastery and truth and diversity and inclusion, I want to know that the information around those topic areas is coming from a, a source that I can trust and isn't being deceptive or misleading in some way. So that's one point. Another point, and the biggest problem I find with Facebook, is your friends, quote unquote. 
Friends is a nebulous term on Facebook and has taken on a new meaning. So let me give you the example. You go into Starbucks, you order a dopio, you order a grande, and then you go on another day to an independent coffee shop. They're not a chain. And you say, can I have a dopio grande? And they look at you and they know what you're ordering, but they use the common tongue. which would mean, can I have a double espresso extra large latte? It's like tissue paper, most people call Kleenex, but Kleenex is a brand name. So Facebook has branded, quote unquote, friends to mean everyone that's following you. So when I look at someone's personal, not business Facebook page, and if they are just a person. They're not like a thought leader or a celebrity. And they have the maximum 4,892 friends. What? Those are not their friends. Those are followers. Those friends are not even acquaintances. Because as human beings, as a species, we really truly don't have much more than a handful or two of very close friends. We may have a larger friendship group, maybe 50 to 120. This comes from anthropological research, both both from human culture and animal species like apes. When we get past a certain number, when we're face-to-face and living together, Past a certain number of about 120, 150 becomes too much to handle. Well, the same is somewhat true virtually. You can't keep up with 4,000 friends. If you want to exist in your day, how many of your BFFs can you really have? So one of the things I did on Facebook some time ago is got rid of all the people that I didn't know. I don't let people become friends on my Facebook page unless I actually really know them or unless I've been following something of interest by them. But that's a whole other discussion about how I see Facebook and its usefulness for me and its meaningfulness for me as have been on like a downward trajectory for a very, very long time. And that's not to say that there are people on your Facebook page who are labeled as friends are not your friends. That is not as well meant to judge you for the number of people you have on your friend uh, as as the total number of friends, quote unquote. But it is to encourage you and invite you to think about what does that mean? Like, what would it mean if you only had 25 to 50 people as your true friends on Facebook? And how would you then connect with them differently? What kind of conversations would you have? Would you be as contentious, upset, argumentative, frustrated? Would you be as bitchy? Or would you be more loving? Would you be more inclusive? Would you be more friendly? Would you be more interested and engaged with what your true friends were doing if it was a smaller number of people you actually truly cared about, accepted, and connected with, and cared about? And that's really what friendship is about. And that's what Facebook has destroyed. The light word would be Facebook has disrupted the meaning of friendship. I would say Facebook is plays a large part in how they have destroyed what the true meaning of friendship means. From a business perspective, 
For someone like myself that wants to use social media to share my message, well, you could rightly say, well, if you want to promote your message, you have to pay for it. I can't argue with you there on one level. But what I do and the work I do is not selling widgets. That doesn't make me better than somebody is pro- that is producing toasters that are exceptionally useful and everybody wants one. Or somebody that is making um, some really cool gadget that makes it so easy to open lids off very difficult containers for somebody that has arthritis in their hands. Don't get me wrong on this idea, but I'm thinking about how we can better master our emotions and our states of mind, and how we can become better people, more connected to others, and more connected with the planet of which we are a part, of which we come from. And that's why I'm developing this virtue philosophy of human-heartedness, something simple but maybe not easy to practice, something simple, but definitely not an ideology or a set of rules and constraints. That's something I want to share openly, and the engagement level I've seen on social media has dropped so precipitously. It is disheartening to see the number of advertisements that are just continuing down the path of buy more of this, buy this so that you have more stuff, buy this so that you feel like you're a more important human being, buy this so you have more glamour, buy this so you have the perfect body, so you'll find the perfect body, feeding into people's dis-ease with themselves and creating more consumer goods that only harm the planet. I'm not saying you shouldn't do some of these things, But I'm saying we certainly need to look at the kind of messaging we're receiving and whether the messaging we're receiving is really just an advertisement, a promotion that's feeding into our weakness and our egos, or whether we want to follow messaging that makes us think, makes us contribute, helps us practice humility and compassion, acceptance, connection, and care for other people. And so one of the big problems as I sort of bring this to a conclusion is this platform, Facebook, does not allow the individual to control or prioritize their feed anymore. It used to be a um, historical feed, newest posts first from those people you were following. Now, if somebody comments on something that was five days ago and you're following that person, that shows up in your feed. Now... Uh, If somebody promotes a post, that shows up in your feed first. Now, if somebody is perhaps a member of your group and wanted all posts from your group to show up in their feed, it doesn't anymore unless you promote that. Now we get see less of these recommended posts or less of these people to follow, and you can't turn that off. I don't want to see that for me. I don't care. 
I will find the people that I want to follow on my own. No thank you, Facebook algorithm. So from, you know, an outer space, a 50,000 foot view looking down, you know, Mark Zuckerberg wants to make money. I get that. But he's got a serious issue around control. And no one has the ability to oversee what he's doing. Governments are trying. But the only way they're going to change that is by breaking apart Facebook. He's basically in charge of the board. He has the final say based on how his business is structured. That's dangerous, considering everything I've said so far about how much Facebook in our lives is like putting on your shirt first thing in the morning. It's become a normal part of our lives, like breathing. And that in and of itself is okay. But if we cannot control the overlord, Mark Zuckerberg, he's going to control us. And that is what he is currently doing. It may be not entirely nefarious, but what he is not doing is what is problematic. And there are more than enough people that are much smarter than me that have done the research and substantiate it in great detail um, who have spoken about and have written about this over many, many years. You know, I want to read my conclusion that Facebook has changed the landscape for the sharing and consumption of information. I believe this is something that needs to be analyzed and disrupted back to something that we used to have a much more humane way of communicating and interacting than what we are experiencing now. And one more thought. This is perhaps an invitation to think about how you might want to proceed. It's certainly something that's always in my mind. How do you spread your message? How do you share something that's important and meaningful to you in a thoughtful way? that connects with other people, that engages with people on a level of discussion, acceptance, compassion, instead of contention, instead of division. Because this is one of the problems if we leave Facebook with Twitter, is people just like bang, bang, bang their opinion out onto the page not seeing another person thinking that they can say whatever the hell they want to say without any care for how that other person might react. Now, how the other person reacts is what they choose to believe and how they want to feel. But not everyone has the capacity or the training to best manage their emotions to best manage perhaps their addictions to platforms like Twitter and Facebook, which most of us have to some degree. So if you want to comment, head on over to the link in the post that will take you directly to this article. I would love to hear, I would love to engage in discussion, not debate. What is your biggest challenge with Facebook or Instagram? And Tell me, tell me why it's so difficult for you to find a solution to that challenge. This is where change 
happens. There are other people doing this. I'm not the only one. But if we want to reach some sort of a critical mass, more of us need to be on the same page about how we would A, either like to see Facebook change or other social media platforms so that they are more accepting, they are less contentious, and they are more truthful, and they are more observant of practices that keep people safe and that they are more accountable to the people who use the platform who are using it for the common good put it that way and as always just to wrap with how i started if you want to go deeper if you want to think more queerly and up your self-mastery skills in knowing your values, your beliefs, how to better manage your emotions in difficult situations, to get more prediction and response in life, and to know what you stand for in life, then the premium version of this podcast is definitely something that you would want to consider and take a look at. Again, the link is in the show notes. Thank you so much for watching. And until next time, Think queerly.